Lord, we we are so thankful that you are a God that wants to live with us. Lord, you know we need you, and you came. We thank you. We pray that now through your Holy Spirit, which indwells us, you would comfort us with your word, that you would guide us in prayer. Lord, help us to seek your face in revival and use your word to accomplish it. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let's um, open the word of God to John 14, verses 1 through 3. Today's theme is God with us. But I am reading from John 14, verses 1 through 3. It says, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believed in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Now you have, may have heard um, God with us many times. There are so many messages, articles, books about this topic, but I bring it to you today because I just can't get over it. And it's one of my favorite things in the whole Bible. What we're going to do is take a trip through the Bible to see this theme. See, Emmanuel is a name that we hear a lot in Christmas, but God with us is a theme in the Bible from cover to cover. It's one of those general truths that are in the whole Bible and they go beyond Christmas and it's not confined to, to Christ's birth. So let's take a trip through the Bible and see this great desire God has to be with us. Of course, it starts in Genesis when it was so that God talked with Adam and Eve. He walked with them. When Adam sinned against God, God went to find him at the cool of day, like probably he usually did. But the relationship was broken by when, when Adam sinned. And after this, since then, God has been trying to be God with us again. We see that Enoch walked with God. We see that the Lord spared Enoch's uh, life snatching him to heaven. And today, Enoch is still with God. That is also God with us, human being and God relating. Then he got himself a friend in Abraham. Abraham was called the friend of God. And <clears throat> God had a close relationship with Abraham as he worked his way. I mean, God worked his way towards revealing a plan of salvation for sinners uh, to finally fulfill this desire to be God with us again. When God redeemed his people out of Israel and as he furthered this plan of salvation, the people of Israel lived in tents, as you may know. And what does God do? He wants his own tent, but hear what he's uh, his intent was in Exodus 25 verse 8 says <clears throat> he commands to build a tabernacle and he says and let them make me a sanctuary 
that I may dwell among them. God with us. I want to live there. Even though he was infinitely holy, okay, and there is this wall of sin that divides people from God, he still designed a plan to be God with us through that tabernacle in the wilderness. And the objects and decorations in it spoke about who he was and what needed to happen for this relationship to work. Then he went from having a tent to having a house, an actual temple, which Solomon built. And when Solomon was dedicating the temple, notice that in 2 Chronicles 6, verse 8, Solomon wondered, how could God be with us? He says, but will God in very deed dwell with men on the earth? Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house which I have built. One wonders, how can God be with us? How can he live with us? But yes, God will dwell among men, and he has a way to do this. He can do this, and he wants to do this. So in 2 Chronicles 7, verse 1 says that when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. The Lord went to this house. And as you can see in all of this, sin continues to be the main problem. There needs to be a burnt offering, sacrifices, all kinds of things so that God can be anywhere near man. There's still a veil in the temple dividing us from God's holiest place and intimate communion. And there is a lot of fear, guilt, and walls of sin dividing us from God. He often needs to say to us, or at least when he will reveal himself to people, fear not, just to talk to us, just to approach us. He has to first say, fear not, it's all, it's all good. It's all going to be good. I have made a plan for salvation. Fear not. And so Isaiah 59 verse 2 says that our iniquities have separated us between us and our God. Isaiah 59 verse 2. And yet he wants to live with us. He doesn't care about this separation. He's going to make a plan. So in time, when he fulfilled his plan of redemption for sin by revealing Jesus, the promised Messiah, all the way from Genesis, Genesis he had uh, revealed his plan. What was his name? Emmanuel, God with us. He actually has a name that means God with us. And this is prophesied all the way in Isaiah, but since we are now in the New Testament, let's read what Matthew 1 verse 23 says. Behold, a virgin shall be with a child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now things came to a whole new level. God actually came down here, incarnated. He came personally. To be with us. And as John 1.14 says, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the word dwelt is the same word for tabernacle. So these references back to that tent 
that he built back when he was with the people of Israel. And now he's walking this earth among us. And it is said that incarnation was a miracle greater than creation itself. And that's what he had to do. That's how far he went to be with us and to be touched with our infirmities. And because he came, now we have Hebrews 4, verses 15 through 16, which says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. And look what comes next. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to the help uh, to help in time of need. So God with us is used as an encouragement to pray. It is only because he came that now we can have that. But also Jesus will say things like this, as we read at the beginning, let not your heart be troubled, believe in God, Believe also in me, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And these words, that where I am, there ye may be also. God with us. In other words, I want to live with you. My father is preparing you housing in heaven that where I am, there ye may be also. Isn't this beautiful? So remember the veil in the temple. When Christ died on the cross, as we know, and the sin that separated us from him was dealt with, the veil was rent. And now we are getting closer and closer throughout the history of redemption in the Bible to that dream of living with God. See how it started all the way in Genesis. Now we're getting closer and closer. He, he actually came. Now the veil is rent. And then this happens. When God, uh, when Jesus leaves the earth, he resurrects and ascends. He says, I will, I will be with you always. How? Through the Holy Spirit. Because he says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. That back in the same text that we read in verse 17 says, talking about the spirit, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He dwelleth with you and shall be in you. That is again, God with us. First Peter 2 verse 5, that says that now we're lively stones and are built of a spiritual house. So God has had houses with us throughout history and now we are a spiritual house built for him praise the lord but then it's not over yet because look what happens at the end of all things revelations 21 verse 3 through 4 we started in genesis and now we are about 60 verses before the bible ends and there it says and i heard a great voice out of heaven saying behold the tabernacle of god is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them, and be their God, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. 
the tabernacle of God is with men. He finally makes it. At the end of all things, it's all done. And I heard a great voice saying, behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. God with us, finally perfect, accomplished in his good pleasure. So from cover to cover in the whole Bible, God wants to live with us. And he will deal with sin. He will deal with time and eternity. He will deal with our stubbornness, with our rejections of him, with his enemies, whatever may come. But he will have us and he will live with us. Now, I want to make something clear. I'm not saying here that God has a, some sort of weakness for humans as if he was helplessly in love with us and needed to be with us. Not at all. He's perfectly complete without us. He doesn't need us. And he would have been perfectly good and righteous to do away with us forever. But he didn't. So what I'm saying here is that this truth of Emmanuel should really make us wonder, what is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visitest him? Solomon was right. Will God dwell with man? So what I'm saying is that if he chooses to live with us, it's because he knows we need him. Let me illustrate this quick. In Acts 16, Paul and Silas were singing in jail. They were praying and singing praises to God while in jail. How do you think anybody can do this if God is not indwelling them? How can we do anything in our Christian life, live, if God is not with us? Also, when Luther fought against the assaults of Satan after the Reformation, he said something along these lines, that when the devil will knock at his door, you probably heard this before, he says that he wouldn't open the door himself, that Christ would open the door for him. See that Christ is living in the house now. And that Christ would answer to Satan something like, the man you seek is not, does no longer live here, for he has died and his life is hid with God. So there's no one to tempt here because Luther is dead, yet he lives. So this is the importance of Emmanuel. God knows we need him. So now if you don't know this in your life at all, or you are drifting away from God, he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. And then it will be again for the very first time or again, God with us. So I don't know how this may encourage you to pray today, um, but uh, maybe this makes the indwelling of the Holy Spirit a bit more special to you. Maybe this can give us a powerful argument with God in prayer for revival to just Come and be God with us again. Maybe the Lord is outside knocking at the door of your life. And this is just another knocking. Or maybe this just makes you see God as such a lovely person. And um, I personally admire God for this so much, so much. This is precious. So whatever these truths spark in you, let's bring that through the throne of grace and pray for revival. Amen.